This is your captain speaking. Welcome to another episode of DJ's Aviation Podcast. All systems are go, so lean back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. This is DJ's Aviation Podcast. Everything aviation. Everything aviation. Aviation news, airline developments, analyzing route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news, and we talk about world events and life. DJ's Aviation has a Discord server that's officially partnered with Discord, and you can join with a link in the show notes or using the vanity URL discord.gg slash aviation. This is the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and now your host, Dan. Hey, Daniel. Hey, how you going, Rob? You good? Yeah, good. How much stuff? Good, thank you. Wishing for better weather, but can't complain uh, otherwise. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a beautiful, uh, it's like 26 degrees and sunny skies here, so it doesn't get much better than that in Alaska. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very, yeah, it's it's pretty terrible here, I'm not going to lie to you. It's constant cloud, 10 degrees, rain, and everyone everyone tells me it's summer. I'm like, I'm starting to think people are lying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you very much for taking the time to sit down and chat. Um, it's actually been five months now since we first spoke in when it was sunny in San Bernardino. <laughs> um, and a lot has occurred since there in the five months. Uh, I thought we'd jump into, of course, though, the main focus being the big recent piece with crowdfunding, um, the campaign mm-hmm. for the airline. It's obviously a unique avenue, and that's something that was uh, pitched to me when we had the interview. So could you tell me a little bit more about how crowdfunding concerns the carrier and what it means for Northern Pacific long term? Of course. Um, and as I mentioned, when this interview was pitched to me, it was mentioned that it, obviously it's not something that is the most common uh, method when you see a new airline launch. So naturally, people may have their doubts about the approach. And what would you say to people that maybe have their doubts about a crowdfunding scheme over, say, something else? Well, but that's, that's I think, where the confusion lies is we're, we're not doing it over something else. We, we actually have a, a traditional equity raise going on concurrently that we're talking to more traditional uh, investors, high net worth individuals and family offices and those kinds of those kinds of places. So it's not it's not one instead of the other. It's solely a mechanism so that we can get uh, access to just average people that want to, to believe in our vision and, and believe and want to share in our success. So I guess with Northern Pacific, it's very much you're focusing on that community, especially in Alaska, Alaska, pardon me, like you've mentioned many times. It's um, and maybe you don't see that elsewhere. And I guess for you guys, that focus is really on the community and building it as the community based airline. You hear a lot about the pride in the carrier that is flying in that area. And I guess that's the approach you guys are headed for as well. Absolutely. I, I, I jokingly, even though they're good partners of us, you know, there, there's that other airline that has the name of our state on the side. They really are Seattle Airline, whereas Northern Pacific truly is Alaska's airline. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I think it is nice to have pride in an airline where you're from and be proud of it as well. Naturally, there's one thing having an airline, but to be able to get behind what they're really all about, I think, is very important. And connecting and resonating with them will lead you to a success as well. We, we believe so. I mean, taking care of our community and creating more jobs, bringing more tax revenue to the state, bringing more tourist dollars to the state is all got to be, uh, we, we believe, is a positive thing. 
Of course. And tourism's a, a big thing. I remember when we talked five months ago and all throughout learning about it is bringing people to Alaska, whether it's from, say, the America and then you're coming through to Asia. It's that stop off point and having that hub to explore what Alaska truly can offer people. Exactly. Yeah, I, I just my hats off to my good friends over at uh, Iceland. There, they've been so successful over decades doing that with this tiny little country. So it, it really seems like th- this should be a, a thing that people really enjoy. Of course, um, we're inching closer and closer now to the launch. So I've got a few questions. So did a couple of people in the community. Um, we spoke, as mentioned earlier, in January, uh, and I've been wondering since then: has anything developed route network wise? Do you have a firm idea of destinations, um, say, over the space of the following year? So we're still uh, in talks with the Incheon Airport over slots. There, we made some a little bit of progress in the slot conference that happened last week. Uh, we look pretty solid for Narita, and then depending on how Incheon goes, you know, we might be looking at uh, at an Osaka maybe earlier than we would have. Um, we're still uh, still looking. We're definitely going to be uh, in the Ontario Airport because we already have our maintenance base set up there. Uh, it's looking pretty strong, like we're going to end up in uh, Oakland to serve the San Francisco Bay Area and then uh, having uh, great talks with uh, Harry Reid Airport uh, there in Las Vegas. Perfect. And you'd say that's probably still on for some time later this year? Still looking for November 15th. As a matter of fact, and you, uh, you're getting to hear this first because I just got the email an hour ago. Uh, we just got our uh, Open Skies Authority from the USDOT. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, that, that was one of those big milestones that we've been waiting to happen. Perfect. So November 15th, that is 11 days before my birthday. (laughs) So a a lovely month. Um, Absolutely. You've mentioned the 757s a lot. And I think personally, as an aviation enthusiast, and even for you probably, when you hear Northern Pacific, you automatically think 757s. You mentioned to me you'd look towards the late tails um, for the 20s to be able to having them in your operations. Um, They're quite older aircraft, pardon me, of course. And a question I got from my community was related to the keeping of these aircraft, the maintenance that may be incurred. How do you plan to work around that in the coming years, obviously, as Northern Pacific develops and you get more of these aircraft on? So we've already, uh, we're close to signing a a final agreement uh, with Delta Tech Ops. So they are going to be our maintenance support, our parts pooling, um, maintenance planning, scheduling, and all that. And so they are experts at at, uh, operating the 757. So we really think that with with the support of of Delta Tech Ops that we will be able to to handle the maintenance situation, albeit on older airplanes. Perfect. And regarding a launch with those aircraft, are you still do you still have an idea of the number you'd be looking for for a launch? I remember we briefly discussed that earlier. You were looking at sort of the was it the six to ten mark from memory around about that mark. So has that sort of changed? Are you looking maybe smaller or to advance a bit further in the future? Well, the the, the obviously the geopolitics of the world has gotten more complex since since last we talked so now you know need looks like we're going to absolutely need to circumnavigate russian airspace we're going to need a partner to do that we're talking to a couple different ones so we'll be using their aircraft most likely for the asian side of it and we're shooting for uh, four of our own to get launched for to serve the d- domestic side Perfect. And I think I had a question regarding the Russian airspace, so I just thought we'd move straight on to that. Um, how has that fared with regards to Northern Pacific? That's I'm sure that's presented a couple of weird moments for you guys. Would you say you've had challenges, maybe potential opportunities um, from all that? 
I wish there was a, for a an opportunity angle. I'm still looking for that. Um, you know, the, the you know obviously the whole COVID situation did create an opportunity for us. But as far as Russian airspace, no, I, I, it, it's just been kind of a, a a speed bump for us because having to circumnavigate requires us to get ETOPS, and ETOPS is an 18 month at best, probably you know more like two year. Uh, situation to get that authority so that just necessitated a partner where we're going to have to have a partner to do that part of the operation for us while we work towards getting our etops authority for ourselves yeah and that's something um you completely changed honestly so kudos to you you changed my perspective on the pandemic for some airlines when we spoke um i don't remember the question it was regards to how did you guys fare in the pandemic and what you came back to me and said was it was an opportunity and I had not necessarily considered that in some instances. And now when I'm, I'm looking at different angles, I will always think about what you said, is that there were opportunities there. And I guess you're one of the companies that have pounced on that opportunity and, and well done for that. Because like we've seen, it's taken quite a hit for other people, but it's great to see that at the very least we've seen, we're seeing something positive come out of it. Yeah, thanks. I mean, that was that's one thing that kind of sets us apart as entrepreneurs. Instead of looking at the worst case, like, well, what you know, how can we spin this crummy, terrible situation into something that can create opportunity? And I, I think we've done a fairly good job. Of course. Um, back to the seven five sevens. Obviously, they won't be a part of the fleet, sadly, forever. Um, although I'm sure we could both wish that they would fly on for decades to come. Uh, we briefly talked about a couple of aircraft uh, all the way back in January that you may be exploring. Is anything developed with that? I know you mentioned something along the lines of the A three twenty one XLR. Um, are you guys looking at potentially welcoming in a type of aircraft, say in three years, four years? Is there a time frame, or have discussions sort of developed regarding that? So yeah, I have talks with Boeing and Airbus regularly. We're we're running numbers right now. If we can see if we can make uh, the seven three seven Max seven work, the eights, nines, and tens don't have the range. It does not look like for us to be able to do some of our longer stage links, the Orlandos and the Inchons. Uh, but the Max Seven might actually look like it could do it, so we're we're looking at that airplane, and then still, yeah, see if we can make a three twenty one LR work. But obviously, I mean, the XLR will work, but it's it's kind of a ways down the road. Mm-hmm, totally, um, and I guess even speaking on the seven three seven Max Seven and the seven seven three seven, pardon me, Max family. Obviously, there's lots of discussions around the NMA with Boeing and all of that, and will they progress with that? Have you found that of any interest to yourselves, or is it kind of a thing where you're looking at an alternative? because maybe there's not been movement on that front. Yeah, this is, we're not seeing that. We have so many irons in the fire and so many balls in the air. Insert your busy metaphor there. So uh, we're just looking at, you know, what, what gets us across the finish line to get started right now. And then, you know, what needs to be the next thing in the pipeline? Of course, I sort of plan from get it, get it up and running and then plan yeah. from there and see how everything fares. Because like, you know, it can change in a night, quite literally. Something can, you can have everything laid out and all of a sudden you wake up the next morning, you find something out and it, and it throws everything um, out the window, I'm sure. And I'm sure you probably experienced that as well in recent months yes. with the Russian airspace. You go to sleep thinking, oh, oh, it's all fine. And then wake up, it's like, okay, time to make some calls. Um, just the last couple of questions, because I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're very, very busy. Um, with, uh, let's just see. So I've been talking a lot about aircraft routes and uh, just aircraft in general, but obviously I know that there's a lot of development going on at your what will be your home airport. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that $6 million upgrade that you guys will be doing. 
Yeah, we're, we're well into that now. Construction's uh, underway. They're, they're working on all our uh, new ticket counters and office space and maintenance planning space. But, uh, but the, the, the showpiece of it all is going to be the passenger lounge and then the uh, IMAX theater. And they're making great progress on that as well. We've also just struck a deal with a local uh, a coffee brewer, Steam.Coffee Coffee here in Alaska. They will be providing really nice upscale cappuccino, espresso, all that good coffee stuff. Uh, that, that will be theirs and, and they're branded and they'll have, they'll have a place there in our lounge. So yeah, we're making great progress on it and still looking towards the end of August to have that completed. So would you say that just as much as the experience is in the air, you guys are also looking for an experience in the airport? Because like I said, I don't see many with an IMAX theater in their airport or really putting an emphasis on maybe cool nifty things that someone else may not have thought of. Absolutely. We want to make their uh, their Alaska experience, you know, whether it's short or whether it's long, as, as pleasant and, and fun and memorable as, as possible. And, and again, the whole point of the theater is to uh, entice those folks that are just making that 90 minute connection. Here's all the things you missed by not staying in Alaska. And we'll show them all the really awesome activities and sights and sounds and tastes that are only here in Alaska. And just enough so that I don't miss their flight as well, because <laughs> yes, I'm sure there's plenty. Um, and just to sort of wrap up here, I had a couple of questions that were all centered around alliances and whether you guys would look to potentially enter into that uh, sector from uh, the community. And I was wondering if you had any uh, thoughts on that at the moment. We've, we've talked to uh, the Value Alliance there in Asia. That looks like it makes a lot of sense for us, uh, but we really haven't made any any firm plans whether or not we're going to join that or not. And then, uh, you know, as far as the big three alliances, it's just too it's too early for that. Um, there there are some preliminary talks of what might make sense, but we really, you know, we we are going for such a, a low market share that. Um, it, we think we can feed ourselves. And, and when we have the ability for the stopover, you know, alliance might make sense down the road, but it's not something that's super important to us out of the gate. Totally. And um, I have two last questions. One that's just come from the airport experiences. And I guess even more so now focusing on that experience inside the airport has become even more important because I'm sure you've seen if you've been monitoring the news, the absolute nightmare that's been going on with people's bags and just processing times. And I think making sure as best as you can naturally that you get that down pat and working is for the passenger experience like you mentioned is is almost critical isn't it it, it absolutely is. And I think that's one thing that will make it a little bit easier for us by not having multiple alliances and, and connecting with a bunch of other carriers, pretty much just we're connecting to ourselves. It should make the whole baggage transfer uh, situation a lot more simpler and a lot more foolproof uh, and seamless for us. Totally. And um, like I left on the last interview we did, a bit of a fun question from my girlfriend who wanted to ask you this. She wanted to say, when flying on board an aircraft, what is your go-to snack that you'll buy, say, either in the terminal or a favorite snack that's served to you on board a plane? I know it's random, but again, leave you on a bit of a, a fun topic. <laughs> you know, I... I, I, I I do try to watch what I eat as much as I possibly can, but you know, on those long flights, I I always get lured in by those Geistern Pringles. So that's uh, that usually ends up being my my go-to snack. Now, I'm hopeful that you know we might have a little bit more tastier products on uh, Northern Pacific, but yeah, to date. Pringles ends up being my go-to snack on board an airplane. Pringles were actually my first snack on my first ever flight. That was, they cost an arm and a leg, but that was also <laughs> my, about that big as well. They were my first, um, first one as well. But I'll tell you what is dangerous, the snack bars, where you can go up at any point in the flight and grab as many snacks as you want, whether it's Kit Kats, chocolates, crisps. It's like, oh, Jesus, it's not good. But. Well, and, and we're finally 
crazy. We're going to have the, the in-flight entertainment capable of uh, a la carte ordering. So you'll just be able to punch buttons right there in your seat and have whatever you want delivered to your seat anytime throughout the flight. That is, I'm very pleased to hear that for someone like, I think that's a very genius idea. You're seeing it adopted on um, trains in the UK, uh, in-seat ordering kind of thing and having it brought to you. And I think that definitely makes the experience, you know, you're not having to wait and see the cart slowly but surely. And if you want something at any point, you can just order it. So I definitely, exactly. I definitely like that idea. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down and have a chat with me. I'm very, very excited to see where Northern Pacific goes and of course, hopefully see that launch in November and uh, maybe chat to you again or see you again at some point. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure, Daniel. Pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to DJ's Aviation Podcast, one of the most unique podcasts on the internet, offering up your one-stop shop for all things aviation. We discuss aviation news, airline developments, analyze route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and leave a review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter and YouTube at DJ's Aviation. If you're interested in rail, check out our second channel at DJ's Transport. Till next time.